comes louder. He's one on one with Hemsley, and Hemsley blocks it. Mitchell spins on Childs, and one. Cal up top, Shepard. Shepard was asking for it for three. Watson, and a foul! This is a clinic. This is Aztec basketball. One down, three to go, and this is the Aztec Breakdown Podcast. My name is Austin Bolton, and co-hosting me with me today is my wife, Carly House Bolton. You can find us on Twitter at It's Austin Bolton and Carcar McGee. You can also follow Trone and the show at Aztec Breakdown. And while you're at it, go ahead and give Kyle and Jacob a follow at Call Me Kinslow and Aztec Analytics. All three of those guys, honestly, have been just throwing just flaming hot, good content out there on their Twitter feeds. So seriously, go give them a follow. And also, you know the drill, so don't forget to rate, like, review, subscribe, get, give nice comments wherever you get your podcasts. Carly, long weekend down in San Diego for us that uh, we got back this afternoon on a Wednesday evening. How are you feeling after our trip? Feeling great. We had my mom in town for the game. She got a good one. She did get a good one, and she was very loud and supportive, even knowing she couldn't help herself and wear her Wyoming jacket, but that's okay. She had on her map shirt underneath, so, so she also give bought, her some credit. She also bought some stuff, so, you know, it's all good. She's ready to rep us in the Mountain West Conference Tournament, so yeah. we're all going to Vegas. We will all be in Vegas. So... The Aztecs beat Colorado State on Tuesday night, 77-58. to Carly, what's your headline? You know what? I'm just going to give an A-plus for Aztec Nation. I-, I loved everything about this game. It was a convincing win, and I will say the crowd, huge improvement. We called for this after the UNLV game, uh, you know, for just a better showing, better support for this team. And just all around, I thought it was a great game. Those Tuesday night 8 p.m. tip-offs, I know Kyle hates them more than anybody else, um, can be really tough. I understand it's hard to, to do on a weeknight, but people were in their seats. They were there early. They were relatively loud for most of the game, and the team was just firing on all cylinders. There was so many, you know, strong contributions across the board, which we'll, of course, get into, but... I just felt like all around A plus grade. Yeah, they were the the crowd was the best I've seen it since the BYU that, game. That's all I qualify. <laughs> for this, Still not for, perfect. For this season, it was about as good as it's been. The kids were there early. Um, you know, has to you know probably nice that you know they're not a lot of like big time midterms or anything yet in the semester. So good time for a weeknight game. No conflict with big parties, you know, it's just Tuesday. Just a Tuesday. And so, and you're right, the Aztecs were firing on all cylinders. They, you know, that's about as complete of a game as I think they've played that I can really remember. I mean, they even finished really strong. So yeah, I like it. A plus all around. So. What about you? Got a headline for us? Aztecs send Rams back to the cold. Um, The Aztecs defense last night was very good again. Uh, shut down uh, Colorado State for the most part. I mean, they were three for 14 from three. So ice cold from three. They had, what is it here, 16 turnovers. So, you know, ice cold, kind of getting the ball around. Their, their overall shooting percentage was, wasn't was bad, but they really stuck to those guys on the three-point on the three point line, uh, kind of forcing them to the basket. Um, they did get Nathan in a little foul trouble, even though in that second foul was just about as bad as there can be. He didn't touch him. Nope. He just threw the ball against the bottom of the rim, and it looked so funny <laughs> that they called the foul. Yeah, um, we had a good view on that one, too. Totally um, bogus. 
but yeah, they just they kept him ice cold, and they and the Aztecs were hot, and they just sent him back to Fort Collins, and just enjoy the cold, guys. I will say Laramie is about an hour and 15 minutes north of Fort Collins, and it is currently negative 10, so you're not lying. That's Fahrenheit, not even Celsius. <laughs> Okay, so moving into the box score. So I think, um, you know, I think our MVP of this one is Jaden Ledee. Um, Jaden had, let's see here, he's had... 14. 14.6 boards, played 21 minutes, 16 of which were in the first half. He was 4 of 8 from the field. He is 6 for 6 from the free throw line. And he was just, he was outstanding. And with Nate getting that foul super early, I think it was like 2 minutes and 30 seconds into the game... Mm -hmm. He just played some awesome, awesome minutes in the first half. I think, like I said, he had 16. What do you have, 10 and, f 10 and 6 in the first half is what he had? Yeah, we, like we thought he was on, on track to a 20 and 10 game. Yes, that's right. And so it's just, he is just, he really is the ultimate momentum player. And he, when he just gets rolling and he gets to the foul line and he just, he plays with this rhythm when he gets a couple going, I mean, the best way to get him going, honestly, is try to get him one on the post where he can get to the free throw line because there's no better Kickstarter to his game than just, like, seeing one go through the basket. Yeah. No, it's totally true. And, you know, as good as he is, you know, Dutch has said multiple times, he has been the most improved player, I think, throughout this season. Just getting back into game mode, being able to play the elite level of defense that's expected of an Aztec player, and, like... You know, we've seen it with our own eyes how much better his defense have gotten has gotten over the season, and now, you know, to see him get the opportunity to shine was really awesome. Yeah, he was he was outstanding, outstanding, and he's going to get a three to fall. And oh, I wanted that one so bad. It was yeah, a great look. It was a good look, and I I really hope he comes back next season. I was skeptical whether he would or not, kind of in the beginning of the year. Like it just didn't seem like it was going that great for him. But he is really on a roll, and he will have just even a bigger part of the team, bigger part, a bigger role on next year's team. And like, just with the progression that he's made throughout this season, like I would just love to see him come back and continue his progress based off of the season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would be thrilled too. I mean, it's interesting because for so many guys, when they get to their, you know, their fifth year, um, you know, or with COVID, some of them a sixth year, it's like really hard to tell what's going to be next for them. You know, even if we selfishly want them to stay, sometimes really developmentally, they're ready for the next level and they're not going to get anything out of staying. Jaden will, you know, the fact that he had to sit out for that year, um, you know, he has a lot to build upon and I, I could, he will be a beast if he chooses especially, to stay. Especially if he can just start getting more open looks at three and hitting more threes. Yeah. I mean, that's something I thought he that would, would really deadly. do this season is take more threes. Um, and he's kind of taken a couple on the last handful of games, but if he could, if he added that to his arsenal next season and really had more freedom to shoot more threes, you know, that's, that's the way you make yourself to be a pro prospect. So if that's a goal of his, I mean, I, I, like I said, I was just a little skeptical at the beginning of the year if I actually thought he was going to come back from, from, for Ziegler's reporting, it sounds like he likes being a part of the program and he's really rolling and he trusts the coaches as he kind of gave the quote from the, um, game you know, the UT game recap last night. So, you know, kudos to Jaden. Just he's really rolling and like he's just he's piling up good performances one after another here in the here in the second part of Mountain West Conference season. So love it. All right, moving on. So we're gonna pair the point guards together, Darian Tramel and Lamont Butler. 
I'm going to steal this from Tron's Twitter feed at Aztec Breakdown. They had combined 22 points, they had 10 assists, three turnovers, and they had a combined effective field goal percentage of 62.5, which is outrageously good. 60 is like elite, so 62.5 is really good. Um, but they were just outstanding. I mean, they were just really, really, really good. Um, That's exactly what you called for uh, after the Fresno State game when we were breaking down. Like, you just have to see production from those guys, and they're both so talented. Uh, it's interesting how kind of equal they were in points and stats and everything, but they were just – that's what we need for them for the rest of the season. It was great, I yeah. thought. Yeah, Lamont had three steals too, but I thought – let's talk about Darian for a quick second. Like, I thought Darian – did a really great job of letting the game come to him. He didn't, it didn't feel like he was forcing shots where he was like, like frustrated on not getting shots. And like, it's tough. He's a smaller guy. This is a harder league. Um, but the way that he was whipping the ball around, the way that he was just, just the same old hard worker on defense that is probably, I can't believe, I could, I can't believe how annoying he would probably be to play against. <laughs> If I was, if Darian Trammell was guarding me, if oh, I was one of those guys, we saw that sequence when it was one of the early possessions, and Stevens was was trying to bring the ball up, and he just like I was like, oh, oh wow, he was just kind of like, you know, just physically in his way and kind of bumping him, and, and it was just a a very obvious tough defensive stand yeah. for him, and I liked it. I bet you he he also just looks very strong for how big he is. Like I bet he puts up some crazy stuff in the in the weight room, but. Again, I thought he just did just such an outstanding job of just letting the game come to him. What's funny because you said that during the game, um, and I I totally agree with you, but then on the post game with John Schaefer, which I always talk about, he said it himself, and I thought that was just really a great point. Like, Not only did it look to us like he was doing that, he actually was able to kind of acknowledge like, yes, this was a decision I made, you know, and that, and that's how he was approaching the game. So I, I thought that was really great to see. Yeah. I just wish some of his shots looked a little easier. He'd take some of those mid range step backs, which he had falling and they, they were good shots. They just, they just look so hard and I wish it was a little easier for him, but it's just, you know, that's it's not his fault. It's it, not his fault. He's five ten. It's a tough conference. Say what you will, but you know that's a shift for these guys. And you know, can't say he doesn't work hard. And, and it's starting to pay off a little Definitely. more. And then just uh, talking about Lamont, um, just you know, outstanding defensively once again. Um, got to the basket. He had a he had an awesome and one. He was five for. He got the free throw line five times. Um, he he was just a menace on defense. He had a good number of assists. Um, they both had five assists, right? Is that am I looking at that right? Yep, they both had five assists. I mean, he just was the floor general. And then on the alley to Nathan, I just love the burst of emotion that came from him because he is pretty ice cold generally and has a calm demeanor, but he's definitely let it kind of come out a little bit more over these last handful of games. And I like that infusion of energy coming from him being one of the program guys and kind of like letting it through a little bit. Yeah, no, I totally agree. You know, that that couple, the alley-oop to Nate and then that early and one, like those were both big momentum plays too. And you can always really count on Lamont for those. I think it is, you know, just another kind of way he contributes. Uh, it, the the crowd went wild early on when we got the it was Matt and then uh, yep. Lamont both got and one so taking like two possessions in taking a row. the Nathan foul very personally and yeah. going and attacking <laughs> Colorado State and getting those fouls you know you want to talk about a guy that's improved his game right remember his freshman year where like damned if he wouldn't try getting to the basket but it just 
it wasn't his most efi- efficient play yet. Where his athleticism shift- getting him there was incredible, but then the finishing wasn't quite and there. And now he's added the finishing to it where he can absorb the contact with his bigger, like his more stout body. You know, he can kind of take that, take those hits a little bit easier, and his finishing at the rim is just so much, so much stronger. And not to say that his he couldn't do it his freshman year, it's just you can see the work that he's put in both with his body and just like practicing and getting in the gym and putting the work in that it's like really paying off with his at the rim, you know, finishing abilities. Yeah. Well, it's just another way this team, you know, with the deep bench and really the maturity that we have, you're seeing those moments that really illustrate that. Um, I'll still never kind of forgive the stupid Arkansas player who in that post game interview said that our, our guards were old. I'm like, and they're going to hopefully make you pay for it in March. You know, every team, just the maturity, the um, decision-making, and, and just, you know, physical kind of growth that you get from being yeah. in a program for five years. No, definitely. And, I mean, LeBron's only been here for four, but this is a third year. blanket but, statement across our team. Yeah, but, you know, just, a, just an outstanding game, really. He just, you know, those guys really came to play, and... You know, they, they set up the guys and they just set the table for the rest of the team. And, you know, I mean, the Essex had five guys in double figures and AG had nine. Like, that's that's good point guard play when we're getting everybody involved and there's 10 assists. Overall, the Aztecs had, let's see here, the Aztecs had 13 assists on 26 baskets. So that's 50% of their baskets. Like, you know, that's, that's on those guys. You know, they're setting the table. They had 10 of the 13 assists, actually. So just, you know, really getting the guys involved and... Just an outstanding point guard play, really. It just was very good. Fantastic. All right. Uh, let's move to Matt Bradley. I mean, just quietly putting together an outstanding Mountain West season where he had a little bit of a slump, but he was really strong at the beginning part. Penny the puppy had a little bit of a had a little bit of a slump there in the middle. And man, he is back to just being rolling. Uh, Matt Bradley was five for nine, two for five from three, one for one from the free throw line. Um, and just was, he was just really good. And he, when he needed to put his thumbs on the scale and had that three, that three basket stretch where he scored 10 points on like four possessions or whatever mm-hmm. it was, three possessions, um, just outstanding stuff by Matt Bradley. He was, he was fantastic last night. Definitely. I, I just, you know, Matt continues to, to be a leader on this team and this is the perfect time for him to be figuring out how to be a little more consistent there too. It's it's almost like we've taken him for granted. Cause his first part of his SDS the non conference last season, we were like, all right, like this guy's a volume shooter, but then in the in the conference play he was awesome. And now that we don't rely on him as much for offense if stuff, which is great that we don't have to do that when he has these offensive explosions or he gets that awesome and one at the beginning of the first half. Like I don't want to take him for granted because we've only have like hopefully, you know, between six and nine games left with him or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Like he has been outstanding. He's a bucket, you know, when we need it, you know, he really to make sure that the pressure was being applied from the offensive standpoint in the second half, you know, he had that personal run and I just, he's just been really, really good. Yeah, love it. You know, I think we're just seeing so much contribution across the board. 
it, it's hard not to, it's good to remind ourselves to celebrate this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sports are fun. Let's celebrate the good stuff when it happens, you know? Totally. All right. Other stuff through the box score. I mean, AG was outstanding. Nine points. Um, Micah th- Parrish, 12 points from him too. Oh yeah. He had three threes, which was outstanding. He's got this, when he was wide open in the corner, you're stealing something from me. Here. Oh, am I? Oh, I'll leave it there. That was just odd. He hit some awesome threes. Yes. One of them was a weird line drive knuckleball that was like nothing but net, but <laughs> I cannot wait for him in a starting role next year, which I would be surprised if he didn't get. Like he he can he can kind of inject this intensity that's just I love it. I love it when he's rolling and he you can feel it that that he's doing it. And he's just like to me physically, he's such a great size. Like you know, we've we've had, um, you know, a lot of guys in those kind of guard roles on the shorter end, and he just brings like a different dynamic mode to what Definitely. we can do with the same elite level of defense as we're used to getting from those guys. So I mean, talk about with the Chad Baker Mazzara you know, situation where it involved him having to leave the team. I mean, that was an upgrade because Micah's way more reliable on defense and hits just, you know, and he, he's, he can make shots like Chad did. And I, you know, there's a, I think he has a few less technical fouls. Yeah. But Darian picked up those for Chad. So. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> um, enough. All right. You know, KJ only had 1.6 boards, but he was great on the, he was great on the glass. Um, Nathan, six points, great alley, three rebounds. He just had those two pesky fouls early. I mean, he only played 16 minutes, which is pretty yeah. low for, for Nate. But D- Darian with 29 minutes, that's that's something that sticks out to me. I tried to get a, a little bit of a Saunders chant going towards the end of the game, and, and they did finally get in. I thought it was great that they got all the subs in this game, you know, especially after that great piece that Siegler did about yeah. uh, some of those guys. And, so. t- and Tyler got a three up. And then I think one other thing that's really nice to see that to point out is AG with he, with his awesome first half um, with the lead. The coaches smartly didn't really play him much in the second half. He only had 14 minutes. So got to save those legs. We got some big games coming up. But and then last but not least, the thing I just want to point out is you know we talk about you know our second halves not finishing these games strong. The Aztecs still won the second half. So Woo-hoo! you know that they're putting it together. I again, I think that's the most we kind of tied it at the top. The most complete game the Aztecs have played, definitely in conference for sure. Um, when it comes to like beginning to end, and I just was very impressed with how the Aztecs played um, in this game. Yeah, the pressure from the defense was just really absolutely fantastic. I mean, and I didn't put my finger on it during the game, but then Darian said it on the post game that. You know, how much more involved the big guys were in that press and those traps, you know, to just really rattle Colorado State. And, you know, that is just such a great tool as we go into the rest of the season. Um, It's just to see what they do when they can can pull that off for 40 minutes because they didn't really let up at all. Yeah. And I guess the last thing, just before we move on, the Essex had 35 bench points to Colorado State's 19. Nice. You want to talk about a difference maker in March, especially if we're like – a five seed playing an 11 seed. Is that right? That seems right. Or a 12, so five and a 12. Mm. Um, our depth is going to be able to really impose issues if we play a 12 seed, if we play an 11 seed, if we play a 10 seed. You know, that's where our depth, especially in that kind of first game that the Aztecs would play in March, is just, just such a game changer, honestly. So, all right. So let's move on here. Um, 
move on to our segment, Homer and Hater. Uh, if you're new here, it's just an irrational take about the game, both positively and negatively. Let's start with a Homer. Carly, what's your Homer? You know, we, we kind of gushed on him already, but my homer, I think, is I think Matt Bradley's still a contender for Mountain West Conference Player of the Year. And, and it's not necessarily on his resume up until yesterday, but it's what I think he can continue to do over this next stretch of games and in the tournament. Um, he seems to be personally kind of just figuring it out. I think the fire is there for all of these guys to really want to win a regular season conference championship. Um but you know his his face flashed up during a, a recent broadcast. I don't know what game we were watching, some other Mountain West game, um, and there was like five guys that are kind of still in that conversation. And and I just feel like he is in control of his own destiny there because I think he could bring some huge huge minutes for this team in March, and, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I mean, it kind of just goes into like let's not take Matt Bradley for granted. I mm-hmm. mean, great, his points are a little bit down this season. Um, compared to others, but that's because we don't rely on him as much. But, like, he's still the guy when we need a basket. He's still that guy, and he's the best at it in the conference, other than maybe Mashburn, maybe, you know, maybe maybe Stevens, but, you know, they're 3-11, and 11, you know, Shavers. Like, I mean, he's – I mean, I guess the point is he's right in that echelon. Like, the guys we're listing there are all the A1 – bucket getters in the conference and Matt Bradley is still as good if not better than all those guys yeah well and I think the thing that we've been looking for from him is like a bit of clutchness <laughs> I don't know if that's a word no for but, sure but we want him to to do that and, and a, the piece that I saw from him last night was really that you know stand that you mentioned the three buckets in a row to really get the momentum going in the second half and you know that's what everybody's been griping on and so for him to step up in that moment to maintain the lead, build upon that, and really bring that energy into the second half. Like that's that's the start of that clutch player kind of gene that we want to see from him. Yeah, I mean, let's see it. You know, last two minutes of the game, but <laughs> it is my homer. No, you're so, right. No, you're right. You know, you're totally right. Uh, he's got I'm it sorry. in him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for throwing water on a homer. It's an irrational take. You're right. My <laughs> bad. My bad. My bad. What's your homer? My homer. And it's a little hater on me because I don't particularly love this style of basketball, but the Aztecs are playing super old school, playing down low, like on the blocks. And they found that it works for them. And I love that they're sticking with it. And like they're zagging to, hey, this is becoming a three-pointer making game. Like, you know, teams just make three-pointers and that's how they're going to win games. The Aztecs are zagging to that, against that, right? They're going against the grain. You know, last night the Bigs had 30 points, 17 boards, three steals, two blocks. They were 10 of 12 from the free throw line, and they drew eight fouls. Um, you want to talk about just like, you know, two positions where they inter- they interchange these guys that are all effective in their own ways, and they're just playing two guys on the blocks like it's mid-'90s NBA basketball. And letting them go to work. And they've been outstanding. I mean, look at, you know, the proof is in just also when it comes to three-point shooting, the Aztecs are, what do they take? Oh, here it is. They're 252nd in threes attempted per field goal attempt. So that's the bottom third of Division One basketball. Um, you know, they hit a decent amount. They're right in the middle of the pack of hitting them. But you know what? They, they've been playing inside out. The guys are, you know, Darian and... Lamont are doing a much better job of feeding them the ball down low. And you know what? I love the zag. Don't get me wrong. I love three-point shooting, and I love run and gun. Like, that's how I play on 2K. 
but like these guys are leaning into what they do really well and not letting the trends of basketball broadly dictate what they're doing. And the coaches are doing what this team does well. And that's really starting to show this during the conference season. And I love it. I love to see it. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think, you know, finding a way to win is the most important thing here. Like that is the goal. The team goal is a conference championship and to go deep in March. And um, I don't really care what it looks like. I don't care if it even looks like that Fresno State game. You know, a W is a W. We much prefer the one that we saw last night. Um, Fresno State's not exactly sustainable at 47 points. I get your point. No. But, like, but you know, they need to have... a way to win. You know, it's like um, in football, they talk about this all the time, where you have a quarterback and the offensive coordinator doesn't do what the quarterback is good at. And then... <laughs> um, Aztecs. <laughs> Much yeah. improved. We're on a better uh, path there. <laughs> but, you know, it's like the same kind of thing goes in basketball. Like you have a certain... You have a certain mold of guy or talents on the team, strengths of the team, and they're leaning into it instead of forcing those guys to play a way that their strengths aren't towards. Um, you know, the only thing that I, you know, in that vein that I think they could do better at is like finding Adam Seiko more shots. Like that's, you know, they have the one out of bounds play for him, but and they, you know, they don't find him enough open threes or, you know, they don't run enough plays to get him open threes. But when it comes to the big guys, they're really leaning into that style of play. And I, you know, they've been, They've been really good at it. Well, I think as we've said before, when we've been frustrated with it, Dutch is the kind of guy, like if something's working, he's not going to pivot. So like, especially last night, you know, he's not going to start running plays for Adam when we're killing CSU with what we were doing. I mean, I I, love Adam and I want him to succeed, but. Yeah, I hear you. I think there's been criticism of Dutch kind of rightfully that he's a little stubborn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think kind of shifting the play offensively in a way that, maybe wasn't how the style was that we were thinking it was going to be at the beginning of the year where they were playing at a way faster pace. They were getting up and down the court and it wasn't that successful. Like kudos on the coaches for adjusting there because I think it could be said that Dutcher is kind of stubborn and mm-hmm. some of his coaching tactics and to see that they, that he's been a little bit more nimble and made that adjustment is a sign that he's improving as a coach, which is also good to see. Yeah, I'll take it. But we need to get out of more threes. They got to they gotta build that in. They got to just, like, he's got to take six a game. Like, they got to find a way to get him to take five or six a game. I would like, love that. He's too good at it. He shoots over 50%. Like, they got to get him more threes, but... Can, can I slide in an extra little homer slash sure, hater? Sure, sure. Adam Seiko, winningest Aztec of all time yep. now with his 110th win. So it's a little homery. The hater in me, and you told me this in the car on our ride home, was that three more wins and he will be the winningest Mountain West Conference player ever, and he will take down Jimmer Fredette from that record. That's true. So my hater is on Jimmer because, you know. You just love a good program guy. I mean, you feel kind of bad because you want these guys to leave after two or three years just to like go to the NBA. But hey, if you're going to be here for that long, like go ahead and win a bunch of games. It's great. He's a great program guy. He's going to be a great pro somewhere. Um, He's going to be inducted into the Aztec Hall of Fame someday for this that that stat. I bet you anything. Is Skylar Spencer in the Hall of Fame? I don't know if he is yet. He might. He's be. an all-time box leader. I bet he's a, probably won't get there. Love it. Yeah, loved. I like Skylar Spencer. Um, Anyways, just had to slide that in there. All right. What's uh? What's your hater? Well, we know that I'm bad at haters, so because um, you're a huge homer, but it's all right. <laughs> my hater this week is on all of the athletic tape that I saw all over our players' bodies. Um, you know, it's late in the season. I know injuries are abound for every team—bumps, bruises. Hopefully, nothing major. But like, 
I was just cringing to see the wrap on Darian's calf, which seemed a little more intense than we'd seen in the, the games previous. The contraption that Keyshad had on his kind of hamstring uh, down It started down below his, his knee. knee. It started below, I think it was more it started below his knee, and it had like that connect tape all the way up through his hamstring. But there was definitely... Some ah, yeah. major tape last night. There was a lot of tape. I didn't like it. And, you know, and then, you know, of course, Matt's hand injury towards the end, which we're hoping was just either like a dislocated or jammed pinky. But like, you never know. Like, I'm just such a cringer when any of these guys yeah. fall too hard. I freak out. And, you know, they're all just such critical pieces to this puzzle. Um, so, you know, hoping they get, they got a great training staff. I think they will get taken care of. And I think the fact that they're, you know, have been able to play, knock on wood, pretty healthily through this season with, um, you know, clearly they're not totally unscathed. You know, they have tape, they have stuff going on, but uh, just taking care of those bodies, getting as much rest as possible. I know they had today off, which is good, so. I, I hope that Darian's thing, which he did look a little hobbled in the beginning, was more of like an adjustment on how they're treating that calf. Because mm-hmm. he was wearing the sleeve for a minute. So maybe that's more of just like something that keeps it more structurally sound during the game than just like a... That's true. And it might free him up a little bit to play a little more loose, not worrying about you know protecting that yeah. calf in the sleeve. Yeah. I mean, you just never know. Like they're never going to give you too much on these guys. They're not professionals. They don't, have to, they don't have to give you the same kind of injury reports that they do in the NBA. No. Um, a lot of tape though. There was a lot of tape last night. I just, you know, I want these guys to be healthy. I want, we need them all. You know, we saw what happened in New Mexico. The two games they played without Jalen House, they lost. Um, So, you know, I don't think our team is so dependent on one player, but you just want them all to be able to enjoy the rest of the season. I mean, look what happened when the one game AG didn't play. Yeah, true. The one game AG didn't play, you know, they they lost in New Mexico. Yeah, that's a good point. What about you? You got a hater for us? My hater is that the refs really were terrible for CSU last night. <laughs> I felt bad. Like, the one call in the very beginning against Nate was horrific. and But the rest of the game, like, I just felt bad. Like, I, you know, like, first, there's two points to this. First of all, first I'll talk about when Stevens just plowed into the ref and AG took the ball. It's just like, come on, guy, get out of the way. Yeah, that was um, kind of boneheaded on the refs. But ref like, there was some, there was some pretty bad ones out there that um, I just wish, I just wish you know we kept those chips in our pocket because I think these things all even out in the end run. Even though I've I've harped on, I've harped on the refs before, but like I do I do normally think these things tend to even out, and I would just rather have a couple of those blown calls against Colorado State just be sprinkled in Boise against Boise or against New Mexico. <laughs> like we didn't need them in that game, and yeah. But man, I thought you know it just shows like they just overworked these guys so much. Like Ziegler talks about it a lot in his in his stuff for the UT. Like just their crazy travel schedule because they're independent contractors or whatever, trying to just get as many games in the season as possible because that's how they make their money. And I just, there's got to be a better way to make sure these guys are more well-rested. Or even have them on, like, a pilot schedule. Yeah. Where you can't, like, a pilot can't fly X amount of hours or can't fly within a certain amount of time frame if he's flown within, you know, a day or whatever. They should have similar time restrictions with refs to, like, make sure that these guys are getting quality rest to make sure that they are not shitty. Yeah. I mean, I like... I love the Aztecs, but for the aggressive style of play that we have, for us to have eight fouls on the night it's, it's, it's is a lot, little wild. Amount. It's a it's a small amount. I mean, Colorado State did turn the ball over fifteen times and took what they take fourteen threes or whatever. So they took mm-hmm. 
you know, but still, like, I expect the Aztecs to be in the bonus. The Aztecs opponents to be in the bonus both halves just because that's the way that they play. Yeah. That's just, they play that hard on defense. And so, you know, hopefully, you know, we don't have one that's kind of overly negative in our way coming up because we're kind of uneven on that scale. But just, it's just something that I thought of. Yeah, so that's good. I mean, the best ref game is one where you don't notice them, right? And yes. I think we said that about football. The year, the le- second year in Carson to the first year at Snapdragon, we were, we were like, wow, like the refs in Carson, I feel like we were always bitching about. And last year, for the most part, didn't really pay attention. And I think that's the best best case scenario. You just don't want them to be a major factor in the game. Yes. Although in Carson, there was nobody there and nothing else to pay attention to. <laughs> so, you know, there was us and Lucas Johnson's family and a handful of other people there. So yep, I digress. Um, all right, Carly, I kind of stole it, but what was your favorite play of the game? All right. Well, you did steal it a little, but it's true. Micah Parrish, wide open three from the corner, right in front of the San Diego State bench. He got that pass. He was so open. He like almost didn't know what to do, and he was like looking at the team, adjusting the ball. They were all in his ear. They were. It was just a funny moment. He had at least like a solid eight seconds to like set himself up, and thank God he splashed the three. If he would have missed that, it would have been a bummer. But I really enjoyed that. Um, you know, I'll give. It doesn't even need to be an honorable mention because it's probably the the highlight is Nate's big alley oop dunk too from from Lamont. That was a Sports Center top five. Yeah. Uh, that was awesome. So uh, we all love that. We can but. keep that one for we'll share that one because that was that was a sick dunk. That was super athletic by Nate. He caught the ball kind of low, and the fact that he was like still traveling, I don't know. He did a great job of just like finishing that one like a really powerful way. Yeah. I love Matt Bradley's catch and shoot three. Yes. That's probably my favorite because well, catch and shoot Matt Bradley's my favorite, Matt Bradley. Yes, yes, you But he Kyle. also had a couple awesome drives to the basket. He had an and one in the first half I loved. I love Lamont's in the first half. Yeah, you had a comment about Matt. You're like, oh, I think this is going to be a shot I'm going to hate. Yeah, and, it was. And he, it and looked he like an it. ISO. No, not that one even. Oh, you're right. The, the one, one that he, he looked like he was going to ISO, and then he ended up kind of driving to the basket. You're and right. he's like, wait, nope, never mind. I like that. You know, sometimes I'm wrong. It's possible. Yeah, you know, you did, call, you did call that one play where you were showing me, hey, they're going to run this for Adam, and you kind of walked me through what exactly to look for. And the, the, the guy in Section T, shout out to Section T. I don't know who took the picture of us, like, intensely watching I swear to game. God I wasn't mansplaining. I wasn't mansplaining at all. It was just <laughs> a thing where the guys were already in their spots on the court and Colorado State hadn't come out of their huddle. And I'm just like, what? No, you said something about a cross screen, and I wanted to get more information. And so you kind of just... I wasn't mansplaining, though. I swear to God, I wasn't <laughs> mansplaining. There, there was Twitter evidence of our, our intense Well, it looks like I don't want to be that him. guy from, like, the baseball where there's, like, this hilarious... Have you ever seen the video where the guy's, like, explaining yes, how yes, a curveball yes, works? Yes. Like, I, I wasn't doing that. I was just I, I wouldn't tolerate that. We're good. That's true. You wouldn't tolerate that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good point. Any other, any other honorable mentions out there? Oh, I don't know. Uh, there was just, there were some great shots. What about you? You had any, any particular favorites? Uh, DT had a great assist to, to Jaden really early in the game. Yes. He was playing super unselfish and got Jaden that, that bucket that I think got him rolling. He was whipping the ball around. He was really firing some passes in the spots. I, I mean, I love the, the baseline out of bound play to AG where they faked the handoff to DT and he just spun. I mean, that's, a, that's kind of an adjustment off a of play that they, they run all the time. Um, that's according to Ziegler's article when they talked mm. about that play. And 
Um, I know Trone touched on that on on Twitter as well, but there were some great passes across the board, don't you think? There was some Darian, Matt, Lamont. There was some really good, you know, whipping the ball across to the corner kind of stuff just to to get other guys involved. Yeah, no, I think it was great. So kind of just, you know, the last kind of discussion question I had here is, you know, there was a big thing from Bart Torvik, who's he's like a Ken Palm basically, and has a really respected metric that says basically the Aztecs have been the best team in the country for the last seven games or whatever it is. So my question to you is, is this team peaking too early? Hmm. I'm going to go with no. I mean, this is exactly when they need to be taking care of business. So, I mean, I think this is typical of an Aztec team to kind of ascend in February. I think, you know, the real key is like, I don't think they're peaking too early, but we got to focus on maintaining this level of play so it's about finding another level Dutch has talked about it all season like don't don't settle for the good that we've been strive for the greatness and like where's that other level yep. and like these guys are finding that other level and like they're really finding their roles and they're really playing well with each other where I know we've talked about this on other past episodes where it was just like your turn your turn your turn your turn and they were playing that kind of game and they had some good games where they were able to kind of play that style these guys are truly playing together right now in a way that's really effective. And so as long as they can kind of keep building on that with guys kind of knowing their roles, you know, I think they'll keep ascending, but you know, they just cannot, cannot, cannot get complacent and really just keep at the work, you know, keep, you know, finding areas of improvement in film and just how to play together with each other. But otherwise I I think I agree with you. I don't think this team has peaked yet. Yeah. No, I, I think I like that phrasing too. They have not peaked yet even. So like they're not even, they haven't peaked. They're close I, to the summit. Yeah. They're getting there, but they haven't peaked yet. And because like you can tell when this team really started clicking offensively sans the Fresno State game, mm-hmm. but like how each guy puts their fingerprints on the game, like they're really finding their momentum on just like how to impact the game with, with it being within a team structure opposed to being okay, it's your turn, it's your turn, it's your turn kind of setup that it was more, you know, that all teams probably were at more or less at the beginning of the season. Yeah, the other thing I love that's just like the juice for these guys is like everything I hear out of their mouths and like it just all feels like they are in the right headspace to like be taking other. this. They, they like each other, they're playing smart, they're playing unselfish, they're all focused on team goals. And um, to me, that just is a recipe for further success. It's, you know, team goals is one thing. But it's you can be all aligned on your team goals, but like it makes a difference that these guys seem to genuinely like each other, and that is a huge thing. Like you can be semi-aligned, but if you don't like each other, then it doesn't really. It, mm-hmm. it, it takes a hit. Like guys you can, gotta trust each other. Guys too. cannot like each other and be successful. Like that's been that's happened many times over the history of sports, but like you know, it just makes it easier from a chemistry standpoint. Yeah. And that, I mean, I guess that's my exact point. Like I see all of those things happening on the good side for our team right now. So. All right. So quick metrics update, uh, up to 16 in Ken Palm stayed at 17 in the net. The metrics look good. Um, they, they, they do look really good. Um, Ohio state step your shit up. Like, come (laughs) on. They have just been like the one our like best win of the season is just like, Going down the toilet. Um, Good thing we have two quad one win opportunities yeah, coming up. Yeah, but like... I know, I know. Ev- all of our quad one wins are so on the t- cusp of going one way or the other. It's just like... Anyways, you want to jump... Do you have your glasses? Can you do the Can you do the preview this time? 
You don't have your glasses. I don't have my glasses. All right. So New Mexico is good. We play at New Mexico at the pit Saturday, 7 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. I could have done that part, but. <laughs> Ken Palm is at 48 for uh, the Lobos, 47 in the Nets. Uh, they are 20 and 7 overall. They are 7 and 7 in the league. They Love. had a huge four game skid um, when Jalen House was out. Um, they have a huge game. It is Wednesday night. They have a huge game tonight against Boise State. Tipping off in 28 minutes. 28, Take a watch. Yeah, probably 38 minutes, just yeah, knowing yeah, how this works. But, um, you know, it's funny because I was all on board for them to beat Boise tonight from a conference title perspective. But then it kind of teeters the Boise State games uh, from a quad one win. So I think from a banner perspective, I'm more on the side of New Mexico winning because I want to hang a banner. Those, yeah, the guys want that so bad. So I'm in, team, I'm in team banner. We're not, we don't put banners up from going from a four, five seed to a four seed. <laughs> we put banners up for conference titles. And so that's the goal. And um, I think, you know, I think that's what I'm rooting for tonight, but. Either way, it's. I'm rooting also for like maybe an OT game, a hard fought game. You know, we we played Tuesday, we get an extra day to recover. Yeah, like a 60 to 61 double overtime game. That was an absolute rock fight where half the guys fouled out. I mean, that's that's what I'm rooting for because either way, from a win perspective, it helps us one way or the other. Mm -hmm. I still think I'm team banner on this one of having New Mexico win, but. I also feel if New Mexico comes into Saturday coming off a win, like they might have a little like inflated sense of self and then we can just like whack. Yeah, I mean, that can go both ways, right? Like if they blow out Boise, they could come in with a better sense of confidence too. And, and I don't know, think if they win tonight, it's not going to be a blowout. That's if my, they that's lo- my If they lose tonight, I think it, they, they're going to have a better, they're going to have more motivation. I mean, but they could also quit because they'll be seven and eight at that point. So it's it can go either way. These psyches are so, it's, you know, you can, you can talk yourself into either one, but... I think I'm rooting for New Mexico. Anyways, Ken Palm has us projected to win 75-74. Our first meeting um, against these guys was uh, 76-67 loss. It was our, it's the Aztecs' only loss at home this season. Which these guys are taking very personally. They are taking very personally, which I love to hear that. Um, they take, you know, when they take things personally, you can tell. You really <laughs> can. Fire. You really can. Like the Nate foul. Those guys felt it personally. You could see it. You, you can't tell me that they didn't, like, turn on an extra switch when they got that horrible foul called against them. Yeah. And um, Boise, another one, took very personally that they got swept last season. Like, I think they are going to be ready to go this game. The Aztecs actually haven't played at the pit since 2020. January of 2020 of all times. And uh, K.J. Fagan smoked them. I don't, <laughs> they didn't score for the first, like, eight minutes of that game or something like that. And it's... One of my favorite memories of the last five years of Aztec basketball <laughs> when we went in the pit and kicked their ass. So let's do it again. All right, Carly. So, what's your biggest point of concern going into this game on Saturday? I mean, I think it's exactly what you just described. The pit is a really hard place to play. Uh, it's going to, I think Dutch mentioned in post game that it's already sold out. They're going to be bringing the noise. Um, you know, they've had a skid in conference. So beating us twice would be like the gold star that they could really redeem for themselves. So, uh, you know, they, they got nothing to lose really. Um, and just, you know, it's loud. It's hard for coaches to coach in those kinds of environments. It's going to be super hostile. I do know I've seen a few, few Aztec fans are saying they're going to the game, but like, wow, they're going to be, it's a hostile environment. So yeah, I, mean, I just think that is my biggest concern is just being able to stay focused 
and, and tune out the noise. Yeah, it's a level of desperation, right? Like the, these guys need some quad one wins. Here's two opportunities for them to get a quad one wins. Um, and they're going to be fired up. I mean, I mean, just playing, playing there is hard. It's always been hard. Um, I think another factor here is, you know, Jalen House is in contention to win Mountain Bus Player of the Year. Like, he should be motivated to put up good numbers against one of the better defenses. Like, I mean, not that he wouldn't be motivated otherwise, but, like, he took it to us in that first game. And raising his profile otherwise for individual awards and whatever, like... Just, we got to be ready for it. We have to, there has to be a better plan. I'll be curious to see what the defensive adjustment is. Like, you know, assuming he's back at full health, which I know he has been playing the last couple of games, um, you know, I thought Darian was going to be able to handle him after he handled Jared Lucas. That was not the case. I'll be curious to see what the adjustment is. I mean, everybody says, oh, like Lamont should cover him, but then there's really nobody left. Then then Mashburn's open. Yeah, that's uh, not good either. (laughs) You know, it's, 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 it's tricky, but you know, it's just, you know, maybe they go to Seiko a little quicker and the subs, you know, they're not going to change the starting lineup and anybody that says that they're, that's just ridiculous and they don't know what they're talking about, but like, maybe they go to Seiko a little quicker, you know, maybe they, you know, maybe they go to Parrish a little quicker. Um, you know, they're going to switch everything. Like why worry if they're going to run pick and rolls, why wouldn't they just switch everything? And then you get Nate on them or, you know, I mean, I'd be a little concerned if Bradley got one-on-one with house, but, um, about Parrish. Yeah, Parrish too. I mean, but Parrish is a good person to guard to guard Mashburn, yeah, right? Because Mashburn's six two, and then you put Lamont on on House. So you know, but they'll find something. They'll find something interesting. Um, I mean, he's just a good player. So is Mashburn. So is Udeze. All those guys are good players, man. Like Udeze had thirty one in their last game against San Jose State. Oh, really? That's interesting. So you know, that's that that has AG red all over it, though. Yeah. True. What did then, he score? What did he score against us? Udeze. Did we um, hold him? I'll go back and look. Well, you know, again, like we said earlier, that was the AG might be the factor in this game. Yeah. You know, and that's the game he didn't play. And I'm gonna click on that. Sorry. Udeze had only ten against us in our first matchup. Yeah, you know, the, it was Mashburn and House really that 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 made the factor in that game. I mean, KJ's a good matchup for Udeze. Nate is a good matchup. Jaden's a good matchup. You know, those are all pretty good matchups for him and the way that our defense kind of plays. You know, KJ, uh, he guarded Alec last time and really shut down Alec. That guy's a pretty good shooter. That guy did nothing against the Aztecs, if I remember correctly. Mm. Um, yeah, he's, he's got a body type just like, like Jaden. 6'8", 240, also from Houston, Texas, interestingly. I bet they know each other. I bet they do. Um, but it's just, you know, how are we going to stop? How are the Aztecs going to stop the guards? And that's, that's the biggest concern. Yep. You know, and they're going to be gunning for us. They need to win. They're desperate. Yeah. But we're also desperate. We're in a place of desperation as well because we got to win these games for another banner. Like, we had such a – I will say, even if we, like – being co-champs is not what this team was destined for or what this team was projected out. Like, we need to close out the season here. we got to close the season out and get be those sole champs in this year. And so I think that desperation is going to show through a little bit. Well, and that's my reason for optimism. I mean, I think that it is – just objective number one is to control our own destiny and to win these games. And we win these games and we're the outright champions of the regular season. So I think we are motivated. I think we are focused. I think that, you know, these guys will be ready for this. Um, you know, so they just have to trust their game and not force it and, and play like they played last night. And I think we'll be in good shape. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's just they're the way that they're just locked in right now. It's it shows. Um, Fresno was an aberration. That was that was always an aberration. They were too good offensively all season to be like, oh yeah, now all of a sudden they've turned into the twenty fourteen or twenty sixteen Aztecs. Like that was not the case. If that's um, the biggest bump in the road, I'll take it. We're exactly. rolling. Exactly. It's just like in twenty ten when they lost when they barely beat IUPUI. It's same same kind of idea. Or was it which was the Kauai year where they that's the oh, IUPUI? No, no, no. The Wyoming game where they scored like eight points. points oh, in the eight first points half. in the first half. Oh, I forgot about that. That was that. They lost that game, didn't they? Yeah. That was when we could never win there. I was there. Oh. It was during it was during my holiday vacation. I was sad. So with that, so my reasons for optimism, um, so we've been playing a lot down low. And so their two-point percentage, how they guard two-point percentage field goals is 233rd in the country at 51.3%. So that kind of plays into how we've been playing on the post. Um, also, their defense all season has been 100.8 um, in adjusted defensive efficiency. So per 100 possessions, 100, 100.8. If you go to their conference only, that's up to 107.1. So they're, if you take out what they've done in the conference, uh, they have played much worse defense than the totality of the rest of their year. Some of that is Jalen House being out because he's such a good defender and gets a ton of steals. Um, but in conference, they've given up 55.4% of two-pointers, wow. and they block only 7.5% of their shots, both dead last in the conference. And... They give up 27.6% of uh, offensive rebound opportunities, which is eighth in the conference um, out of 11. So their defensive metrics in the conference, way worse. Um, and you know some of that is definitely because House was out injured for sure, but they've definitely slid back from a defensive cap- capability standpoint. So the Aztecs should be able to kind of play their game. And I think they'll be, you know, they'll find good opportunities to score the basketball against New Mexico. Yeah, no, those are great stats. I think um, the ingredients are all there, that's for sure. Yeah, they just have to slow them down. I mean, they're playing at a pace. They're playing at the fastest pace in the conference, so if we can just slow them down a bit. We'll see a little bit more of that pressure that we saw against Colorado State. That's true. And no elevation. We don't have to talk about elevation, finally. Yeah, it's just Albuquerque's not low. It's not that. Come on, <laughs> not doing this. Not doing it. Not doing it. Sorry. No, just, we can take care of business. I can't wait till we go to factor. Corvallis, Oregon every year, and they can talk about, find some other excuse why the teams play, don't play well there. Anyways. Um, well, that's not very optimistic of you, sir. Yeah, I'm just tired of the elevation thing. I just, I know it's, I know it's, I just, I'm over it. I'm over it. You brought it up. I guess. <laughs> All right, moving on. All right, big game Saturday. We're excited. Uh, I know there's, I think, a watch party um, for Aztec fans um, sponsored by the Aztec Club at Ale Smith Brewing. Um, so look into that if you haven't already. Be fun to have some camaraderie. We will be sitting on our couch um, being crazy people like we usually do when we have away games. Uh, much prefer watching from Viejas. So, anyways. Yeah, no, I mean, just a good crowd. Enjoyed uh, hanging out with people that came and said what's up to us on Tuesday night. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed that, as always. Um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. I mean, I can't believe we are three games away from being in the postseason. It's crazy. True. I know. One home game left, so we'll, you know, obviously talk about it again, but just... It's going to be going to be a good one. It is going to be a good one. I am very excited for this stretch. It's, you know, this is this is crunch time and like we've, you know, we talked about this team, there's been a lot of ebbs and flows with how people are feeling, but like if they can close this out, they pretty much 
would have hit most of the expectations so far this year, other than the kind of the disappointing start in Maui. And like, they're really, really, really coming into their own. And it's been very fun to watch, you know, these last eight, 10 games or whatever it's been. Absolutely. Let's get ready for it. Any closing thoughts? Nope. Go Aztecs. Go Aztecs.